Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Good afternoon and welcome back to another exciting episode where we talk with school leaders across the country who are showing up for kids each and every day. Uh, my co-host Mark McElmoyle and I are thrilled to bring back to you um, one of the best guests of the season, Verl Gilbert. He is a principal at Han Intermediate at Davison Community Schools in Michigan. Uh, welcome, Burl. Tell us a little bit about your school and who you are as a leader. Well, Mark and Adam, thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, again, yeah, my name is Verl Gilbert. I'm the principal at Han Intermediate in Davison. Uh, Han Intermediate is a five-six building. Um, we are 900 students strong with 45 staff members. Uh, Davison is a suburb of Flint. It's about 15 miles east uh, of Flint. Um, I have an amazing staff. Uh, amazing students, amazing parents, uh, fantastic community support, uh, as well as uh, as teacher support. Um, I was a teacher uh, of the emotionally impaired for five years, um, and then I was also, and then I moved into high intermediate. So I was at the middle school uh, for those five years um, in a self-contained classroom, and then I was a, a special ed teacher for four years, an assistant principal here at high intermediate for five. And I've just finished up my sixth year as principal. Uh, I'm also the tech uh, chair uh, on the board uh, for the Michigan Elementary and Middle School Principals Association, uh, MEMSPA. And I also serve as the Region 10 president. So uh, that's a little breakdown, a little rundown of me. Um, and again, I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Pearl, it sounds so, like you are. This is Mark McAmel here. It sounds like you're an all-in guy. I mean, you're you you take the professional organization seriously in your involvement. Uh, you've come up through a system, so you understand the different roles within a system. Um, and you know, we share. Uh, we've both been at this principalship for six years, so uh, I look forward to hearing hearing what leadership looks like and how you show up in your building. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Well, and I and again, I got to give a shout out to Memspa. Um, you know, I think uh, the principalship is many times uh, an isolated one for some people. Um, and, uh, and going to the national conference and hearing Adam at the national conference, it kind of reminded me that, you know, it doesn't have to be. And that's kind of where I feel like my excitement, I draw from my inspiration and my excitement um, from others. Um, and being part of the, the MEMSPA organization, uh, connecting with uh, other principals around the state has really helped me. Uh, to 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 keep my my energy and my my excitement uh, going, so um, I, I would have to echo those thoughts. Absolutely, and Gors, it was great to connect with you at the National Association of Elementary School Principals Conference that was just held in Chicago for their hundredth anniversary. And I, again, I, I echo the fact that it was fantastic professional learning. You know, the organization does a, a really solid job in bringing 
great sessions to the conference, but then also providing those networking opportunities. And I think, you know, that's something that we can't underscore enough in order for us to show up and be the best that we can be. That means that we're working to be the best that um, is asked of us. And a lot of times that means networking with other folks and continuing to build and grow our craft. So it was certainly great to connect with you there. Um, this really just this past week. Yep. So, so Burl, as, as you think about the work and coming into this school year uh, in a, a post-global pandemic, what is on your mind as the, the number one or two biggest areas for you as a school leader right now? Well, I, I think for for me, I think we have, to, at least for our school, um, we were open uh, for most of the uh, last year. There was only three weeks, uh, and I say open, I say open for face-to-face instruction. Um, we offered an online uh, uh, in, uh, online teaching for, student, for students. Um, about 25% of our student population um, took that opportunity, but 75% wanted that face-to-face instruction. And uh, we were open for uh, the entire year, except for about three weeks when when Michigan went into kind of a pause. Um, And so when I look at that, we really gelled together as as a community um, around helping kids out um, and putting students first. Uh, Students first is our, uh, students come first is where, is our mission statement. And uh, that's really what I felt like we really gelled together around last year. Moving into this year, we now went from 25% wanting that online uh, option to almost 100%. I think we have 13 families out of our 900 uh, coming into next year that are that had identified that they still wanted an online uh, uh, education. And so, um, you know, with everybody coming back, we have students here at the fifth grade who have never seen our building. So we want to we want to welcome oh, those wow. students in uh, to our building. Uh, we want to welcome to our staff. We want to welcome them to our community. Um, the jump from fourth to fifth grade on most years are from, yeah, from fourth to fifth grade on most years is a difficult one as it is. Um, they come from five different elementaries with some of those elementaries being around 200 students. Uh, so you go from 200 students to 900 students. And uh, that jump again on most years is, is very difficult with, uh, worrying about uh, lunch and worrying about those lockers and those locker combinations. And so we've made a really good effort um, to try and welcome those students in and ease those anxieties of those students and of those parents. Um, we, we did a little bit of that transition for both our online students and our face-to-face students last year, um, where we paired up a classroom from an elementary with a classroom here. And they almost, they did like pen pals uh, where they asked each other questions, and then they Zoomed in together. Um, and then we even, at the end of the year, had them come in and tour our building, um, which, again, uh, kind of changed, it seemed like, uh, from month to month with the restrictions. But our, our restrictions eased up enough at the end there uh, where we could allow our students to come in and at least set foot inside our building just so they could kind of ease those anxieties going into the summer. So looking forward for, for next year, we want to truly uh, build a community uh, for our students in our classrooms um, with those kids coming in to, to our building um, and, and, and really getting them to be Davis and made uh, here at Han Intermediate because these are the same students that they will they'll graduate with um, in 12th grade. Um, and so again, we want we want to build that community. Davis and made. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's I a wrote hashtag. that down too. Yeah, that's a hashtag. Did you write that down, Adam? Yeah, I did. 
I'll be yeah, stealing that. And we are kids first and Davison made. Um, yeah. and, and again, that, that Davison made goes, you know, just beyond um, students that grew up here in the community. Uh, students like my children who, you know, we live in a neighboring community, but bring our students here uh, at the end of it. Um, you know, they are Davison made. Uh, they, we built that culture here. Um, and again, a lot of our decisions are based on putting the kids first, what's in the best interest of the student. And then we make that decision um, for our students. Adam, if you would permit me, Verl, I'm going to push yeah. you a little bit on that because, you know, when we talk about putting kids first, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? You know, what, what role do you play as a principal uh, towards that goal? Well, I, I, th I think that kind of, yeah, I mean, putting that student first and putting those social, uh, those, um, putting those kids first comes down to not only the, um, the social and the relationship piece, but also the academic piece. Um, here at our, our building, um, we, right, again, pre-pandemic, we're really starting to build a lot of work in uh, student circles in classrooms, uh, those community circles, those morning meetings uh, where our teachers would circle up and get to know the kids, the kids would get to know each other um, and really start to build that, commu that community. Um, once we hit the pandemic, um, it was, all right, how do, how do I still connect and communicate with my kids, but I need to stay six feet apart because, uh, there could be a, a possibility that we do some contact tracing and then, uh, you know, we have uh, 45 staff members. So there's only so many classrooms that Mr. Gilbert and his assistant, uh, and Dean of students can cover at one time, uh, as well as other <laughs> teachers. Um, because we had uh, we employed uh, eight long-term subs uh, to yeah. kind of spread our kids out. We had eight teachers online, um, but then we employed eight subs so we could kind of spread those kids out. So um, when you start pulling from that pool already of subs, you don't want to do that anymore. So I think we kind of got away from our, our a lot of that. We st our teachers still connected. They still got to know kids. But I think that that true community building of uh, – you know, doing circles was something that we kind of kind of went l loose on because, again, we're trying to stay that six feet apart um, because we don't want to, you know, go into contact tracing. Um, the other piece that I think we needed we needed to get back to is something we call win time. Um, it's uh, called what I need. Um, and we really use it's a 40 minute intervention and enrichment time um, that we use to, uh, you know, help our students grow. Um, we found that, uh, you know, several years ago, like when I first started, probably six years ago, um, our, uh, our, our scores for the uh, MSTEP uh, were not very good. Um, we were actually ranked 10th out of uh, 21 uh, districts in uh in our county, Genesee County, which at the time was, you know, one of the lowest performing counties in Michigan. And in some places we were even lower uh, than the state uh, average um, in some of our scores. So um, that's one of those things that I think, you know, we're really going to spend some time digging back into and getting back into doing those win time. Um, that intervention groups, uh, our teachers would pull small groups together based on their NWA scores, based on formative assessments, and, and really look at how do I help grow these kids, whether they're at the, the top end of the scale or whether they're some of our struggling learners. And it may, and it may be, you know, subject to subject, uh, unit to unit differences that, that those groups are created. Um, but, that's really a piece where I think we're, we're going to need to get back to. Again, 
Some of our families are coming back to us for the first time. Online learning was not very successful for some of them. And so there may be some serious gaps that our teachers need to help try and fill in. On the other end, some of our kids that were here um, may have grown a lot more than maybe they have in, in previous years. So again, being able to really diagnose and identify uh, those gaps uh, during that win time is, is something that our teachers are really going to work on. Yeah, so love the idea of the, the what I need time. And I think coming out of a, a global pandemic, um, I think it, the, the direction around that is, is spot on. And I'm curious from your perspective, you know, this idea of gaps from student learning as a result of last year has been a topic really across the country. And we've seen it in the political climate and it's where some of the ESSER funding came from. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a principal and knowing that you have as many students coming into your building, which is probably, like you said, 900 students, which means you probably have 900 different circumstances um, of, of an experience that they had last year. What are your initial first steps to set success as you think about wind time coming into the fall? Well, I, I think I really want our teachers to really get to know the kids first. I mean, we spend the first, uh, you know, couple of weeks um, with that relationship piece, um, really getting to know our kids, going back to those circles, going back to getting to know the kids, getting to know their experiences, getting to know who they are. And I'll go back. I'll I should probably even go back a step further. I mean, that's one of the things that I really drew from, um, you know, your session, Adam, is I really need to work on getting to know our teachers when they come back. You know, many of them were face to face. I have uh, a number of them that were online. I even have, I mean, we had um, a couple retirements, uh, a transfer, and then I had two uh, of my teacher leaders move on to be uh, administrators. Um, I give a shout out to Jesse Zakowski and uh, Kayla Dowdle. Um, both of them went on to be administrators from teachers. So we have about five. Uh, we may end up having six new teachers to our building. So all of them are going to come with different, different experiences and different backgrounds and different expectations moving into this year. So it's going to be my job as the leader to get to know uh, my teachers and even even those teachers that we had face to face um, last year that I that I did know uh, get to know who they are uh, the fall or August of you know 2021 um, once I once I get to know them and and they get to know each other because again remember they're coming from we have a, a number of different teachers coming from different experiences um, and even you know from different settings and different schools, getting them to get to know each other and how can they, once they get to know each other, then how can they help their students who are coming in with those, those different backgrounds? Wind time will then be based off of those, you know, the academic piece, uh, once they get to know those students, will be based off of, uh, a lot will be based off the formative assessments and their NWA scores. Um, I, I think that's kind of the, the, the key there is a lot of times our, our teachers, you know, we'll look at that real quick snapshot and it's, shot, and it's just a snapshot, uh, but looking at that longitudinal data and to go, all right, buddy, you, you came in and you scored here, but look, your last three, you know, tests were way up here. And then that's where that relationship is. What happened? Did you have a bad day or and then getting down to that formative assessment where you've got a, a kids, kids grouped in a group? And, you know, we're, we're really pushing small group instruction. And so when that teacher pulls that small group in, they go, wait a minute, buddy, you you scored here. But 
after doing some formative assessment, I can tell this isn't the right group for me. We need to push you, move you forward a little bit to help you. Um, so that's that's kind of the way I see our win time going. Um, again, it's that 40 minute um, enrichment and uh, intervention. Um, and it's a common 40 minutes uh, between four teachers. So the teachers have some flexibility to go, all right, the kids in my class, uh, these five kids need to go over here and then these five kids need to come over here. So they have a little flexibility to move between the, the, the four teachers that are on that same um, planning time um, so that they can really dive down um, and drill into that instruction. We also pull, um, uh, we have 10 uh, paraprofessionals in the building. So we kind of flood our paraprofessionals because we're a title uh, one school, school-wide title one school. Um, so instead of Instead of uh, prior to about six years ago, we used to pull kids from classes and they would go down the hallway with the um, paraprofessional. Um, and we just we just didn't see the results of that. You have somebody who is super. We have some super great paras, some super um, knowledgeable paras, but they're not the most skilled person to be providing the highest uh, instruction to the highest need students. So, again, we kind of flipped that around. Uh, six years ago, and we're planning on doing that same thing. So if I can flood uh, a couple paras into a classroom with a teacher, it allows that teacher to pull those students and to provide uh, the, the best instruction to the students who need it the most. Yeah, Verl, Verl this is Mark here. And, um, you know, we talked in our pre-meeting about what a great conference it was, and I didn't get the privilege of going to Adam's session, but I want, I want our newer principals to really pick up on this. It sounds simple, but for, for kids to come first, um, sometimes we as new administrators think, you know, it's a student surveys, it's making the tough decision that's unpopular, but it's, a, it's for the students and it might be in conflict with the adults. But, it's, but there's another layer to this. It sounds like that you engage in at the conference as well. And what Adam sometimes talks about, you've got to take care of your teachers. And I hear you saying that too, like you got to build those strong relationships and put the adults in the place in the comfortable place where they can take care of their kids. So for our newer administrators out there, can't, can't, um, can't depress upon you enough that you need to take care of your teachers so they can do their great job with students. And that's how you have kids come first. It's kind of a, an indirect, uh, an indirect, uh, well, it's some indirect work if you, if you'd say it that way. Yeah, Mark, I would I would agree. And I, and I probably, you know, learned that the hard way my first uh, year or two, six years ago, um, where I tore off some Band-Aids that I thought like, yeah, let's just do this and didn't realize the, um, you know, they talk talk about second order uh, change, um, yep. didn't realize the impact that that made on a number of, of staff members. And so I've, I've really had to kind of reflect and to be very vulnerable, kind of step back a little bit and go, all right, I know for me, the, you know, the, the most direct route is that straight, that straight line, but uh, I got to kind of step back and work mm -hmm. around to it and build the capacity of others uh, in the building um, as opposed to just uh, kind of, you know, making that decision on my own. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. And, 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 and again, I, I want to at least be, you know, vulnerable and let you know that I, it didn't happen right away for me. Yeah. Well, yeah I think the only reason I see it so clearly, Burl, is it, it really tells my story here in, in this setting as well. So I appreciate you sharing with everybody. Adam, sorry. Well, yeah, no. And it, it's so funny, Verl, as I was sitting here listening to you for the last several minutes, I wrote down the word vulnerability and mm -hmm. underlined it twice. 
And then literally you said the exact same word. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think what I heard you say as you as you think about this wind time, the first thing we have to do is in those relationships with teachers. And you, I heard you say, I need to do a, a better job of getting to know my teachers. Yep. And that's a very, that's a, that's a vulnerable statement, right? Like yep. you're reflecting on your practices and saying, here's something I need to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think part of showing up for kids is for us as leaders to recognize where are our growth opportunities and to really be transparent with folks about it and say, we are all on a learning journey together. And as a leader, here is where I'm making the commitment. And here is where I'm modeling vulnerability. Yep. And let's see where we can go together as part of this. And so I love the fact that you circle back around in this conversation and we're extremely explicit and calling that out. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think there's lots of takeaways. Um, I know I have a page full of notes on my iPad here um, in the work that you're doing, Verl. Obviously, you're, you're passionate about what you do at Han Intermediate for your fifth and sixth grade students, but even more so, you're passionate about learning and through your connections with MIMSA and being the Regional 10 president. And so I know folks are going to want to be able to connect with you even beyond our podcast here today. So for our listeners, if you'd like to connect with Verl on Twitter, his handle is at BGilbert3. And we'll make sure we have that information also out on our podcast and and contact information. So Verl, it's been great. Thanks so much for making some time here to talk with us around showing up and what does it mean for school leaders? I think you're, you're a great testament of what that means each and every day for not the work that you do with your staff, but for the work that you do with your kids and that kids truly, truly do come first. Thank, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate being on here again. Anybody that, uh, that hears can reach out and hit me on Twitter. Um, they can also reach me at my email address, uh, which is vgilbert at davisonschools.org. Um, again, I'd be happy to reach out and touch base and, and even connect you with some of the amazing teacher leaders that I have in my building that, that truly do, do, do the work. Davison made. <laughs> Davison Maine, right here. That's right. Thank you, Love Mark. It. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Great. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead, Change, and Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools.